Hi, you're listening to the sermon recording podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Hey, my name is Philip, one of the pastors here uh, at Awakened Church. We're glad that you're choosing to spend your Saturday evening with us. If you've never been to a Saturday evening gathering, uh, it's designed to be a little more laid back for our community. It fits kind of who we are as a church. So we are a highly relational church. We care way more about the people. And then, then as Jeff shared earlier, the numbers, or even kind of uh, the, the ministries or programs that we have. We have awesome Forge Kids Ministry. We've got awesome missional communities. We've got volunteers that pull off everything from the booth to musicians to set up and tear down. A lot happens behind the scenes. What we care the most about, though, is finding ways to figure out how do we as a church family live on mission. And so that missional pulse kind of narrates pretty much everything that we do as a church. Um, many of us on our church staff team, gets at, we get asked sometimes by new people or people from the churches that you know, want to hear what we're doing, you know, what kind of ministries do you have? Do you have a men's ministry? Do you have a women's ministry? Do you have a, a homeless outreach ministry? And I grew up going to church. I went to a, had a lot of ministries that I was a part of, youth groups, things like that. And it's not that we couldn't do those things. For us, we found a way to do those things from within the dynamic of what it means to live in these missional communities. And so if you experience living on mission, I think one of the most beautiful things about the body of Christ is not when we segregate into our even neighborhoods or into our genders or even into our, uh, our age demographics. It's when God begins to align our hearts as a church collectively to go out and reach people in Hampton Roads. And that's what God's called us to. And so as a church, we've been on this journey for about 10 years now trying to figure out how do we continue to be a church that cares way more about people living and breathing in our town, in our cities, in our schools, in our workplaces, than what it means for us to gather and build the largest church in Virginia Beach, right? That's not something that any of us have ever been interested in. And so, in fact, most of us here, if we're being honest, have at some point in time been hurt by the church, walked away from the church, and have wanted to do nothing with the church for a period of time. Uh, and that would include even your pastors and staff team. And so the reality is we're here not as people who figured it out, but as people on a journey together. And I, I set up the sermon tonight that way for a couple of reasons. Number one, I love the book of James because he just doesn't BS at all throughout this entire book. He jumps right in about saying, look, here's how we are going to live out missional living. And so the word missional wasn't around 2,000 years ago, but make no mistake, what James is outlining in this book is how you can put teeth and put feet and hands to what it means to live on mission. Let's make it real. Let's just not talk theoretically about what does it mean to be a Christ follower. Here is what it means, right? So kind of like the, the thesis statement of James is found in the first chapter, uh, verse 19, where James says, hey, don't just be hearers of the word. Let's actually do something with it, right? Be doers of the word, James 1.19. So that kind of lays out the foundation for the whole book. And we've kind of unpacked that for the last several weeks. And so this is probably I don't know, maybe the first time, but definitely it's rare for us to come out and also give you a resource 
that we want you to actually go along with as well. So uh, maybe you've been following along with the James devotional book that we gave you guys as well, made available to you online. We also have some hard copies if you still want one. Uh, maybe you're still, you're, you haven't got one yet or you're new tonight. We've got a free devotional book for you in the back of the Welcome Center for you to grab that goes through the whole book of James. But our goal is not to saturate you with the Bible. Our goal is to resource you so you can go do it, right? And so we can sit here, by no means do I want to say anything negative about other churches or other pastor friends of mine, but our, I just want to say what we do. We're interested in using things, and Scripture is one of the resources that we use. We want to use resources to help guide and navigate you so that when you leave here, you feel enabled, equipped, encouraged, and challenged to go live on mission. James does that better than most other books in the Bible, in my opinion. It's why I love this book, because he just gets right to it. And so tonight, all of us need to hear several things that James wants to say. And every week that we've been through this uh, series so far, any of us who've, who've taught, and this will continue the next two weeks as well as we finish it up, but you can do a whole sermon series on each chapter and spend three or four weeks, right? Which is why that devotional book is so helpful because if you're going through it daily, you have a one-page daily devotional to kind of go through the whole book and challenge new parts of who you are. So tonight, we're only going to get to about 10 verses of James chapter 3, and that's okay because our goal is to not explain it all to you so that you like have some Bible knowledge. Our goal is to equip you and enable you so you can go out and live on mission. Right? That's the heart. So tonight we're going to do, if you have a Bible app, you want to follow along. Uh, we're in James chapter 3. There's Bibles in the chairs in front of you if you want. And of course, they're up here on the screen as well. We're just going to read through the first couple things here. But before we do, while you're turning to James chapter 3, if you want to look there, um, I just want to kind of give you some facts. Yeah, I found this really fascinating. So tonight, spoiler alert, the message is really about how we have uh, words, uh, how our tongue is arguably the most powerful tool that we have in our Bible, as James kind of will, will explain to us. And so a lot of us, uh, we talk a lot, right? Uh, ironically, that's what I'm doing right now, right? So, uh, and I talk at you every now and then as your teaching pastor, but I also talk with most of you here as friends and people that I do life with, right? And so it's interesting to me that this is just an average, right? This is for the people in the world, not just the U.S., people in the world, this is an average. So some of you tilt one way or the other, we won't name call anyone tonight, even though I have a microphone, but some of you tilt towards the quieter side, some of you <clears throat> the other side, right? So, um, but if you were to take the average of everyone here collectively, um, you spend about one-fifth of your life talking. One-fifth of your life that you are awake, you spend that amount of time talking, Right? Some of you talk more than that. Just, just, I mean, I'm just putting it out there. But like, that's the average person, okay? So, uh, and I would probably put myself in that category if we're being honest, right? So at least uh, the average person, right, about one-fifth of their life. Just oh, let's, let's make it really practical, right? So in an average day, a single day, you would, if you take all your words, you would, if you were to put it on a print, you would fill about 50 pages worth of content. 50 pages worth of content, if you were to take all the words you said, and some of you, I would love to do this, by the way, right? Let's take everything that you say tomorrow, and let's put it on paper, right? Let's just see what happens, right? 50 pages, give or take content, right? Some of you, <clears throat> you might be a little closer to like 100. Uh, some of you guys, maybe closer to 25 or 30 pages. But collectively, uh, we're the average human being about 50 pages, right? Listen to this. A year, right? A whole calendar year, 12 months, you would fill over 130 books and each book would be over 200 pages long. 
Like, no one's reading that novel series, right? Like, not a single person, right? So, again, average person, 130 books, 200 pages a book, right? A lot of things that we say. Interesting, right? I mean, just stop and think about that for one second. We talk a lot. It's the most, like, profound thing I'll say all night tonight, right? We talk a lot. And I think it's one of the things, and this is where I am guilty as a, a Christ follower, as a pastor, as a human being, as a dad, um, as a man, I am guilty of topics like tonight being so simplistic, and yet I do nothing to apply it into my daily life. Let me say that again. I am guilty, confessions of your pastor, I'm guilty of knowing the right answer to everything that we're going to talk about tonight because I've been around long enough to like have heard a lot of the things tonight that we're going to address. The reality is my stubborn butt still doesn't get it. And so most of us may fall into that category of like, I know that my tongue is powerful, but I probably need to be reminded of the fact that I'm actually not using it well. And I think probably if we're honest, most of us fall into that category tonight. Right? It's not that you don't know that words can be lethal. It's not that you don't know that the power of the tongue is hard to control and tame. You know those things intellectually. But man, there's a big gap between what you know in your head, what's happening in your heart, and how it's manifesting itself into your daily life. Does that make sense? There's some, there's some kind of blockage, stopgap, between what you know about your tongue, what you're actually feeling about your tongue, and what you're doing with your tongue. So what our goal tonight is to try and just get rid of the constipation and your spiritual maturity around your tongue. That's a good graphic image. You guys like that? I'm going to say that again. Some of you guys are constipated when it comes to using your tongue well because you haven't really thought through what happens between what you believe about the power of the tongue and actually living it out and doing it, right? Let that one sink in. Stinky. All right. Let's keep going. James chapter 3, 1 through 10. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we control our tongues, we will be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. So real quick, Nicole, go back for me. So that word perfect, again, we've used it before, and it's just important. The Greek word for perfect or perfection here is not about you getting an A plus on a test, right? It's not about you getting 100 this is about you being complete and whole. So let me read again around that idea around completion and maturity, okay? Just that last part. So if we can control our tongues, we would be complete and whole and mature. And we could also control ourselves in every other way. Isn't that interesting, right? Like if you can control that one thing, James says you should have no other problem having maturity in every other aspect of your life. Let's keep going. So then he says, so they use a bunch of examples here. We're just going to run through these pretty fast, but they're, they're powerful images, kind of like constipation. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even, through the, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Kind of like what I'm doing tonight, right? There you go. You guys are killing me with that humor tonight. All right. Laugh a little bit, it helps, all right, there we go. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it, for it is set by fire by hell itself. 
People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Read that verse again. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessings and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. So real talk, right? Let's just have an honest conversation tonight. I have a mic, you don't, so just listen for a few minutes. If you don't like it, you can leave, but real talk, right? All of us here, we all can improve in this area. All of us. And I love that where James ends the passage we read tonight here around this idea of blessings and curses, right? We all, again, know the intellectual concept that our tongues are powerful things. But most of us, if we're honest, don't view our tongue as a, as a device, a vehicle for blessings or curses. That's not language that I would use to talk about when describing my tongue or the word choices, right? Now, I could use words like I'm filtered or unfiltered. I use that often, right? I, I use things like I sometimes think before I speak, right? That, that's a common phrase that we at least attempt to say we like to do. But this idea of blessing and cursing is an interesting concept that I really wrestled with around James chapter 3. So I want to give you three basic things tonight that I think for me are, are easy to remember around tonight's teaching. They're super elementary and simple, but I really hope that you hear the truth when it, within each one of them. The first one is that your words are powerful. Your words are powerful. I'm a words person. Uh, how many of you guys have ever done the love languages, five love languages? Anybody? Everybody? Most people? Right? So number one for me is words of affirmation. Uh, and I've shared it with you guys before, possibly. Um, if I haven't, uh, I like words. You guys should know that by now. But anyway, if you don't, text me sometime. Let me know how much you appreciate me. Laugh at my jokes sometimes. It helps, right? So, but words are powerful, right? For me, it's, it's, it's a huge part of my life. I have grown up in a family where uh, people talk a lot, but don't always communicate well. And I've spent a lot of my adult life uh, my, my family is awesome. They're probably, I would consider, a normal everyday family that everyone has their own stuff in. But uh, I spent a lot of my adult life mediating conversations between my brothers and my mom. Uh, and mom listens to this podcast sometimes, so I got to be careful what I say. But, um, but the reality is like that's, that's true. I find myself in the middle of a lot of conversations between the two of them. I shared this with you in, in the very first, um, actually, I think about a few weeks ago, we were talking about something related to the power of our, of our tongue. And I think for me, uh, around the family talk, actually about communication, I think when it comes to communicating and words being powerful, what most of us believe is, is a myth is that you're just naturally born a good communicator or not. That there's some, like, skill that some of us are just born with, and the rest of the population uses that as an excuse to not be good at. I'm just not a good communicator. I'm just not good with my words, right? How many of you guys have ever said that, honestly? All right? How many of you guys have ever heard that before, right? Yeah. The reality is, 
communication is not something that you're born with, the effective abilities, rather, of the communication, right? What you are born with is the ability to communicate, but it's up to you, and the onus is placed on each of us individually as to how effective you choose to make your communication skills. And communication is just as much about learning how to articulate yourself well, self-awareness, as is learning how to listen well and be quiet. Good communication happens not just when we learn to speak well, it happens when we listen well. And so words being powerful come from us, as I shared a few weeks ago, around this effective communication. Sometimes we've got to stop for a second. And we've got to unblock the disconnect between our head and, and what's actually being said out of our mouth. And if we stop long enough to rethink, like, what am I trying to actually say? And if you're communicating with someone who's learned to be mature in how they communicate, they'll ask you good questions sometimes, right? And I gave you guys several really good ones a few weeks ago, but like some good, hey, what I hear you say is this. Is that right? The vibe that I'm getting from you is this. Am I missing something, right? You're asking questions because you're trying to get to the heart of what it is they're communicating. I like to use this phrase, sorry for all the graphic words tonight, I guess, but I word bomb it all the time. Like sometimes like people that know me well, I'll just like, hey, Lindsay, I just need to talk to you for a second. I have this thought. Can you just like bounce some ideas off of you? And so I'll just like spill. But if she were to like take one phrase out of what I say and like put it over here and say, Philip said this, like that would be really bad because that's not at all where I ended up. But in the process of like word, like word vomiting or processing, right, whatever word choice you want to use, I say a lot of things because I'm trying to like piece through where I'm going with it, right? And that's helpful for me. That's part of how I process. Any of you guys, other verbal processors in the room? Anybody else? Okay. You are, can be guilty at times, right, of saying something too fast, too quickly, and I was like, whoa, that's not what I meant, right? And if you're with someone who takes every word very literally, you can cause a lot of damage. And so it's good for you, if you're a verbal processor, for you to set the boundaries up front and say, hey, look, words are powerful, I get it. I'm going to probably misspeak half a dozen times in the next 10 minutes, right? Let's figure that out together. Because if you misquote me, we're going on a whole path that's not helpful, right? Let me figure out where we're going with this. But James talks about through all these analogies in chapter 3 about just how powerful this small muscle in our mouth is. It can do so many things. Blessings and curses, right? If you live at all on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you can see right now just how powerful words are. It has become the most divisive thing in our culture and in our world is how people choose to use words. It's not that people are ignorant. It's not that people are judgmental. It's not that you have people that are racist or you fill in the blank with whatever words you want. It's that people don't understand the power of their tongue. And I'm not saying there aren't people that are those things, right? <laughs> there are, right? That's the reality. But more than the reality of those things, it's that people don't stop and think. They just post whatever they want, whenever they want, as if it's like a vacuum, right? They can just say what they want to say. And instead of viewing your words as an opportunity for a blessing, you end up using your words and they end up causing curses, right? I hate waking up in the morning on Facebook and scrolling through like, you know, 
I wake up in the morning, I'm just kind of getting up, getting ready, scrolling through, and I already see people like, today already sucks, right? You've already spoken something into existence by saying today sucks, and in that process, now people are like, hey, are you okay? Like, what's going on? People are commenting. You have a little sad teardrop going on, right? All these things are happening, and the reality is your words are powerful. Pick up the phone and call someone and just say, hey, can you pray with me this morning? Like, I'm just having a bad morning. The amount of likes or teardrop sad faces you get on Facebook doesn't solve that at all, right? Like, we're all aware of that. That's like a basic, okay, cool. So what you say matters, right? What if instead we took all of that time that we spent on social media just like spitting out all this gross stuff and actually began to use it as an opportunity to bless people? Right? I love it when I hop on Facebook or Instagram and I see someone, hey, a selfie picture of me and a friend, like, I had a great time with so-and-so hanging out. It was good to hear, like, what's going on in their life. Or, hey, check out this person, like, and what they're doing. Like, that's a cool story. Or, I love that stuff, right? Like, you're choosing to bring life into this world in that moment. You're choosing to encourage a friend that you took the moment to say, I had an awesome time with so-and-so. I always love my time with fill-in-the-blank. What if we took the time not to just brag about what we did, right? That's not the point of it. But what if we took the time to build up people and to say blessings about what they're doing, the impact they've made in our life? What if that person woke up that morning feeling like they were going to have a bad morning or they already had a bad morning, right? And instead they got tagged in a Facebook post saying, hey, just so you guys know, blah, blah, blah is the best person I know. Like They are killing it right now, and I'm just so happy to be their friend. These things sound stupid and silly, but like, Seriously, like what if the church revamped how we led culturally with the power of our words? I am sick and tired of the church being referred to as a judgmental, old school way of thinking. The reality is when it comes to the basic virtues like bringing hope into this world, the church should be doing that. When it comes to uniting people that are on different lines of whatever it is, party lines, uh, color lines, economic lines, the church should be doing that. The church should be doing all of these things, and that would include leading by example with our words. But we as the body of Christ have missed so terribly with James chapter 3 that the world has associated us as this drowning ship because we haven't figured out how to use the rudder well. We've set the forest on fire because we don't understand the spark of the power of the tongue. I want to read you this quote here. I thought it was a really, really awesome quote. It's a guy named Jeff Brown. Uh, He says that words are so powerful. They can crush a heart or heal it. They can shame a soul or they can liberate it. They can shatter dreams or energize them. They can obstruct connection or invite it. They can create defenses or melt them. We have to use words wisely. I love this quote because it it draws this exact picture of blessings and curses, right? Right now, each of us in this room, there's something going on in your life that probably I don't know about, right? Something that you're wrestling with. And how I choose to interact with you tonight with words can cause things to happen positively or negatively, and I have no idea the impact. 
right? You can go home tonight and say, that guy is a jerk. He ignores me every time I walk in here. Or, I could have, or you could say, hey, that guy doesn't really even know me that well. Or he was exhausted he's been gone all week in Richmond and he took the time to like stop and say hi to me. That was huge, right? Like, I have no idea. Maybe you just don't care what if I say hi to you or not, right? But like, the reality is each of us have the ability to bless or curse. Your words are powerful. If you want to understand what we talk about when it comes to missional communities and living on mission, make no mistake, it starts with your words. If you want to be the hands and feet of Jesus and you can't control your tongue, it tells me a lot about where you are in your spiritual maturity. I'm not perfect, I'm far from it, right? But if, if I, as one of your pastors, stand up here and tell you this, and again, I get it wrong a lot, but if I don't lead by example in my missional community, in my social media presence, and how I raise my kid, if in all those things you don't see me consistently trying to learn the power of my tongue and how I use it well, then at that point in time, why would you ever want to follow me, right? Why would you ever want to join and partner with me on mission, living and breathing in awakened church? Right? I wouldn't want to do that. Not because I'm light years ahead of anybody, but because we're doing this together. Living on mission is a family activity. It's something we all do together. Not because we're this perfect family. We're far from it, right? We're a bunch of broken, jacked-up people just trying to figure it out together. But our words matter. They're powerful. So that's a good segue to number two. Words reveal our spiritual maturity. I mentioned up front that a lot of us in this room tonight, and obviously there's 75 other people that call Awaken Home that aren't even here tonight, right? But the reality is there are people in our community who were far from Jesus, who are still seeking and figuring out where they are on the whole Jesus thing, and some who have come back to Jesus recently, or they, you know, wherever they are on that spectrum. But most, of peop- most people in our church, if I had to just make a general, again, this is just an average of our church right now, most of us fall into the category of being spiritually a teenager, right? If you remember what it was like to be a teenager, right? It's a little chaotic at times in your life. You're not always sure who you are, what you're doing. You're still trying to figure it out. That's the average maturity of our, of our church right now. And that's not to say that's something negative or positive. That's just to be aware of the fact that we have a lot of growing to do as a church. And I'm okay with that. Like, that's why I'm here. I love that. Like, I love that we can grow together in this process. But one of the things that I think helps me figure out that we're spiritually a teenager as a church is because I think our words aren't where I want them to be. And that's as much on me as it is anyone else in the room, right? I'll own that. How are we as a church taking time to be a blessing church? Some of you do this amazingly well within your missional community, right? And there's no doubt about that in my mind. But how we live and breathe our life in all aspects speaks to spiritual maturity because any of us can do things well. Part of living a spiritually mature life, it bleeds into everything, right? It's just this giant blender of all the things, how you work, how you talk at work, what you do, all of those things. So I would just encourage you, not as a uh, a negative thing, but take some time over the weekend, over the next few days, and just stop and just think through how do the words that I speak reflect where Jesus and I are at right now? Am I allowing 
His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to mature and grow me? Or is it kind of pick it up as I want to throughout the week? Is it present at all? I, I don't know where you are in that process, right? But what I do know is that the Holy Spirit, He is here to live and breathe within us, to poke and prod and convict and challenge us. And a lot of it, guys, it starts with our words. I want to go back and read a few of the key verses from tonight, and then I want to end with one final statement here. Uh, so, Nicole, let's go back, and we'll start uh, in verse 2, if you don't mind. For if we could control our tongues, we would be complete. Right now, for you as an individual, where is it in your life that your tongue is causing you to feel incomplete? Is it that you don't know how to encourage someone? Is that you have a hard time with this coworker and everything you ever say comes out of your mouth is always negative? And maybe it's not even the negative things you're saying. I think we all know this. Sometimes it's what you don't say, right? What would it look like for you this, this week to take one step towards that idea of being more mature, more complete, more whole? Because I think Jesus desires for us to imitate him in this process, right? And how he spoke to people in the Gospels, it's, an, it's, it's inviting to me. Our world needs the kind of talk that Jesus spoke. It's, it's real and raw, and at times it's hard to hear, right? But it's truthful. But what he is, is he's grace, gracious. He's, he's loving. But he also invites people with him every single time. His words rarely push someone away. His words bring people in. That's the kind of completion I want to be a part of. Because if I could figure out how to invite people into my life through the power of my words, imagine what the rest of my life could look like, right? Words are powerful. Let's keep reading. Let's go down to, um, let's go down to verse 7. I'm sorry, 8. Sparked wrong on my stuff. Yep. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison, right? James is making an analogy here, right? He's being a little strong intentionally to draw kind of a contrast. But make no mistake, our tongue, because it's connected to who we are as people, it's naturally going to reflect our flesh. It's naturally going to reflect the parts of our life that are not always honoring of the Lord. This is why it's, it's a control and a taming, not like a recreating thing, Right? Like it is naturally going to do what it wants to do. It is not just going to all of a sudden one day wake up and be like, hey, I'm your tongue, I'm in control. Like, what do you want to do? You have to work at it, exercise it. It's a muscle. Put it into check. Put your tongue in the gym. Get it in check. Cause yourself to wrestle through this idea. What does it look like for me to change how I view my tongue? And then we finish up here, right? Sometimes our tongue praises our Lord, our Creator, our Father. Man, we sing songs. We say prayers with our tongues. And then someone irritates us at work and we say, gosh, that person is the worst. 
I coached the 9 to 12 year old group at soccer camp this year. And we were running a drill. And we had three different lines set up. And I was the head coach. So I'm trying to get my coaches lined up over here for, next, for this drill and getting the kids lined up. And the 9 to 12 year olds are, are 9 and up actually this year is, is a, a fun but challenging age group as I'm sure they all have their own challenges, right? But we're running through this drill. And one of the first things that happens is the kids are competing at each other, so there's some, like, competitive talk, especially amongst the guys, right? And one guy looks over to his friend. They've clearly been, like, messing with each other, right, kind of, like, picking on each other. And the boy says to his friend, just go die. And I thought to myself for a second, like, how, where have we come as a society to where this 10, 11, 12-year-old boy thinks it's a joke to say, just go die. Right? It, this, uh, you know, I'm going to use my filters here, but this whole, like, FML thing that happens sometimes on social media, right? This way we talk about, like, it's just not a big deal. I just don't want to wake up tomorrow. You have breath, you have life, and you have a tongue because it matters. You can choose to control and tame your tongue, have blessings or curses come out of it. So I stopped to pull those kids to the side and said, hey guys, I don't know how you talk at home, but here, this is a safe place where we encourage each other. So the rest of those drills, every time a kid got up, we said, hey, this is John. Everyone say, good job, John. And they would clap and say, let's go, John, let's go. And I don't care how cheesy and dumb and lame it was, man, I was not going to hear another kid say something like that again. Because I'd rather them laugh at me for being cheesy and saying, let's go, John, and get tired of clapping and doing that than get caught up with, just go die. FML. Right? The world is broken because there is evil in our world today. The role of the body of Christ is to reflect Jesus. And Jesus, everywhere he goes, brings life and lights up the darkness. The power of your tongue does that. So the third and final thing I would challenge you with tonight, very simple, words matter. Don't think for one second a simple hello or goodbye doesn't matter. Don't think that a simple text message or a phone call to a friend, someone you haven't talked to in a while, doesn't matter. Don't think that for one second, the person that you pass by in the Starbucks line, the grocery store, the random homeless guy that you bump into, don't think for one second that your words don't matter. Because your tongue is the most powerful thing that you have. And if the perspective that you have around your tongue is that it's powerful, it will change how you speak. Words of life, words of blessing, and words of truth. We have uh, pathways that we use as a church to help speak into the discipleship process for us. So if you're taking notes tonight, I would just encourage you around the pathway of accountability. Find someone, practically speaking, who you can say, hey, will you hold me accountable? I need help making sure that every couple of days you check in and say, hey, how's your tongue? How's your word choice? 
Are you bringing life or are you bringing death? Are you blessing or are you cursing, right? Find someone that you can allow to hold you accountable so that you can begin, just like going to the gym, right? So that you can begin to have an accountability partner and you can grow and see progress in this part of your life. If you continue to ignore it, you will be spiritually constipated because of the fact that your maturity is absolutely connected to the words you use. I need to hear this tonight. You need to hear this tonight. Our world needs to hear this. It's not some profound message, but it's fundamentally critical if we want to be Christ followers. Let's pray.